Hi friends, this is Brandon Cousins from Legacy Marriage Podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to send a shout out to Anchor. I've been using Anchor for this podcast and it's been simple, quick, easy, probably one of the best experiences I've had with doing a podcast or any recording. And so I just wanted to leave this here. So if y'all wanted to start a podcast or help others in some way with your voice, I ask you to try them out and see how it goes. Hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Legacy Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Cousins. Let's pray first, and then we will get into the show. Father, I just thank you so much for today. It's a beautiful day. I just praise you for the opportunity to do this and to help others, to help them with dishonesty or other marriage issues. And so, Father, I just pray over this podcast right now that your word would be spoken, not mine, and that those who are listening would hear your voice and get something out of this and really be motivated to change and grow as they work through this process. Father, I thank you again so much for what you're going to do through this podcast and through the other episodes, and and we just bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Okay, so today I wanted to break a little from talking about the process that we've been talking about. Because what I am talking about today will help you with the next part of the process, the repentance and remorse part that you might be working on. Again, I, I, I didn't create the process to be a step-by-step, even though if that's how you want to do it, you can do it that way. But I created it to be a template to help you try to figure out what will work for you and to actually have a plan moving forward. If you don't have a plan, it's not going to work. So today's podcast is actually called Managing the Mind, Will, and Emotions to Help with Remorse and Repentance After Dishonesty in a Marriage. So we're going to be working on more about understanding the mind, will, and emotions, especially from a biblical place, because we've got to have a way to define these things and why are we working on them. Without understanding where you truly stand, Um, You can't truly repent of your remorse. Uh, Sorry, you can't truly repent or have remorse. you got to have brokenness. And I think understanding what that looks like is helpful, but not understanding how the mind, will, and emotions work and what you need to do to get them in the right place to be able to repent and have remorse then you won't be able to succeed in this process. And actually, I believe this is a major part of the process. It can really help you if you understand your mind, will, emotions, and what you need to do at that point to help them heal and grow and to be in right relationship with God, then you will have more ability to repent and remorse. That's kind of my belief. Now, I could go back and study that a little bit more, and I may come up with a different idea. And a lot of things I'm going to talk about today There's been a lot written on it and a lot spoken of it and a lot studied in it. However, 
it's still a lot of confusion around it and I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm your primary source. I would encourage you to go do your own word studies, go do your own study with the Bible, read the different verses that talk about the heart, the mind, the will, the emotions, the spirit, um, those things. And, and that way you can kind of double check on me, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So I want you to go and do your own study. So Without further ado, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about this and see if we can't get a better understanding of why it's important when it comes to this part of the process of remorse and repentance. Okay, so let's see. Managing your mind and thoughts. I, I came up with or found a few verses that help us understand a little bit more about why this is important. So let's talk about a few of these verses. One of them says Romans 8, 6. So if you turn there, if you want to, or you don't have to, I got it right here. It says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So the mind set on the flesh is death, and the mind set on the spirit, and that's capitalized, so that's the spirit, like the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. So that's talking about there's this two there's these two options we and, and a lot of times when we talk about your mind it's what you're thinking about it's your thoughts for the most part so if your mind if your thoughts are set on the flesh you are going you're thinking about things that are not good they're deadly and if your mind is set on the Holy Spirit you have more life and peace it also says the steadfast this is Isaiah twenty six three so Old Testament. The steadfast of the mind, sorry, the steadfast of mind, you will keep in perfect peace. So he's talking about God will keep it in perfect peace. Because he, the person who has a steadfast of mind, trusts in you. So keeping our mind under control, keeping it steadfast in God is will, will give us trust in him, will give us peace. So there's two verses here that talks about how managing or controlling your mind or putting it on the right thing will give us peace and i think a lot of us are looking for that proverbs 16 9 the mind of a man plans his way so we could probably interchange mind with thoughts there the thoughts of a man plans his way but the lord directs his steps that's a very interesting part of that so um, again, that may be referring to the idea that maybe we should be thinking about what the Lord wants and not what we want. Because we can make our own plans, but the Lord directs our steps. So if we're in tune with what God wants, then our mind will do what God wants. And then finally, Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. Again, this tends to be most of these, if not all four of these, are directing our thoughts towards God towards the Holy Spirit, towards thinking about Him, and we will have peace. I think I wanted to start with that because when we're talking about like doing, uh, I guess you could say, not being dishonest or not lying, um, we need to control our minds. And I'm going to go into that now, why that's important. Because, again, it says we'll have perfect peace. And, you know, when we are dishonest, a lot of times we're not in peace. We're trying to figure out how to, how to fix things. But the other side of that is we need uh, to have more peace. We need to have our minds set on the right thing. 
so that we will have more peace. And we probably won't do the things that will get us into trouble where we have to lie or we think we have to lie. Okay, so this other part that I'm about to introduce is going to help you with why setting your mind on the things of God and on good things is important. And again, you can even reference the verse of, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, I'll try to get it to you. Um, whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, think on such things. Let me look that up real quick and see if I can't figure out what that verse is. That would be Philippians 4. Oh, man. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. This is Philippians, I think, 8 or 9. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Um, so I think, again, that's about your thoughts. I'm just throwing that verse out there so, you're, so you'll have it. But let's go to the next thing that I wanted to show you why this is important. I usually ask my clients, either couples or individuals, what do you or what can you control? Most of them start throwing out things that have more to do with actions, and that's a good thing. Some will throw out their emotions. Some will throw out their, what they're thinking, their choices. And I just like to boil it down for them so they can really picture it in their own world. It just gives us a better perspective so that we can make better choices. When I say what can you control, this is about how you come up with your actions a lot of times. Why would you do something that you couldn't... You couldn't really control. Why would you try to control something you really can't control? That's a waste of time, a waste of energy. We want to put all of our good energy into things we can control. So what can you control? The reality is it's three things. And they all kind of push each other. They all for they all kind of are behind each other. So the first thing is your actions. How do you control those though? You control those through your thoughts. And then finally your thoughts tend to come out of what you believe. So what can you control? Really, let's boil it all the way down to you can you can control your beliefs. And those will affect and influence your thoughts and those will affect and influence your actions. I think you also can control your thoughts and you can control your actions. All three of those together are the things you can control. Again, keyword can. So why not emotions? Well, you don't control your emotions. Think about the example of if you're sitting in a room with someone and someone walks in with a gun. Are you going to be scared? You might be. I'm not saying everybody would. If you've been trained maybe in the military or special forces or something, you might be you might be trained to cut off your emotions so that you can act. And you might have enough training. I know they train over and over and over every scenario they can train in. And they might have enough training where they may just go into action mode and that's fine but they haven't trained their emotions they haven't controlled their emotions they've trained their mind their thoughts and their beliefs that they can overcome this so you can control you can train yourself to think or believe differently but controlling emotions is a little different um, so what I would say is everything starts with your beliefs and thoughts and I think that's really a profound statement. Everything starts with your beliefs and thoughts. So if you knew that before, if you know that now, what does that mean for you when you are dealing with dishonesty or 
lying? Well, it probably means you need to focus on what do I believe about this? What do I think about this? Is this really what I want to be doing? Is this where I want to be spending my energy? So I think that's really helpful. So you can get a good picture of what do you need to focus on to be able to, to move forward. Okay, so in essence, I think the best way of putting this is, in essence, we need to renew our mind and our soul, our heart, and we got to understand what those different words mean and how they're different. But maybe the idea that we want to boil it down to, we want to renew our mind, as Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So that's kind of a commandment there. Be do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That seems to be a command when you look at the Bible. So let's also now talk about the difference because we're going to get into this a little bit. What is the difference between the heart, the soul, and the mind? Well, I kind of studied this. I looked through it. I've thought about it. I've prayed about it a little bit. Um, just trying to understand a little better. And, and we can lump in there our spirit, not the Holy Spirit, but our spirit. What is the difference between those four things? And there are some good articles written on this. Um, but what I can best gather, and again, don't quote me on this, the soul seems to be a life force. And I'm going to say it this way, and if someone wants to correct me, that's fine. I will keep studying it and try to come up with a better way of saying it. But this is, seems to be the best way I can say it based on what I've read and studied. Is The soul seems to be a life force that drives the heart or the mind or the will or the emotions or drives all of them. So it's almost like the soul is the life force. And the heart, I'm going to say, uh, is kind of the housing or the house of the mind, will, and emotions. Because there's some verses that talk about um, the heart, uh, out of the heart the mouth speaks, you know, um, things like that. So I'll try to come with those verses too. But the spirit is also mentioned, but seems to be that part of us, I'm going to say it this way again, I'm not... I, there have been really smart people that have studied this and they're still kind of like trying to word it in the right way. It doesn't matter for the long run, but I think it helps here. I'm trying to put it in a way that's helpful for you to understand what you need to be doing. So the spirit, is, it seems to be that part of us that connects our soul and our heart to God or the supernatural. And maybe the core goodness or godliness of ourselves that was cut off during the fall. So it ultimately was dead at that point. And, you know, some people talk about um, the idea of, like, what gets born again when we give our lives to Christ and we, um, we trust in Him and we uh, believe in Jesus. I think that's the spirit. The spirit that was cut off at the fall is now reborn and is now not cut off anymore. And it it houses our goodness and our godliness, and that's where that comes from. But it's also connected to the soul and the heart. And so 
I, I, I'm going to say it this way. The soul and the heart connect, is connected to the spirit, and that connects. Um, basically, the soul and the heart connect the spirit. It's the go-between. It's the, It connects the spirit to the body, the flesh. And so when we die, like what happens, that, that could be a whole other episode. This all could be a whole other episode. But the whole point is the soul and the heart tend to be really important. And the spirit is too. And the spirit is the way we hear what God wants. Our, our spirit that's now connected to God tends to be how we hear what God is saying to us through the Holy Spirit, through the supernatural. And um, then we relay that to our body and our flesh and our actions through the soul and the heart. So we need to understand what the soul and the heart is so that we can um, really work a little better on that. But for our purpose today, I want to understand how to renew our mind. And I think it has a lot to do with our heart and our, um, and then how do we start to do that within? How do we start to change our heart within where our mind is? I know I didn't say that very well, but maybe you'll get a better picture as I move forward. So number one, I think it's important. These are like four steps to renewing your mind. Number one, I think it's important to guard your heart. Your heart is kind of your emotions, your beliefs, your mind, your thoughts, all those things. Guard your heart. Now, we have uh, verses that say that, and I'll go over those in a, in a little bit. But let's talk about, again, what is your heart? Um, if we take a Hebrew translation, we break it down, it would be, and I'm not going to say this right, but um, maybe the Hebrew word um, is lamed or lamed. Again, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize. And bet. So that would be, Lamed is kind of your um, word for control or shepherd or something like that. And Bet is more of this idea of house or inn or tent in the house. So if you think about that, you could, have, you could look at it as the heart is the shepherd or control within you. You are the house, you're the tent. And so the scriptures describe the heart as the center of the total personality, especially with reference to intuition feeling emotion the heart is the controlling voice of authority that is inside of a man so according to the scriptures the greatest challenge for man is to live up to the expectations that god the creator built in into the very function and purpose of the human heart the purpose of god's prime sorry the purpose is god's primary concern when it comes to the condition of man is let's just put it this way that it is the human heart that god checks to make sure that man is on the path to eternal life in his presence so let's talk about some um verses that kind of refer to guarding the heart so Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So I think that's really important to say. Your heart is where everything sits. Everything in it um, flow the springs of life. Um, he who guards his mouth, so Proverbs 21.23, He who guards his mouth and his tongue, which is in the heart, guards his soul from troubles, right? 
So we got to watch what we say. We got to watch what we're put letting into our heart. Um, we we got to just guard that. Proverbs thirteen six. Righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless, but wickedness subverts the sinner. So this actually tells us how to guard. Righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless. So we need to focus on righteousness. What's that about? So we'll keep that in mind. Righteousness. We're going to use that to help us guard. Another thing is, um, let's go back to Proverbs 4.23. It says, watch over your heart with all diligence. So diligence is important to be able to make sure we do this. Your, your mouth and tongue are important, what you say. Um, okay, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So now we've got another thing that would help guard. Luke eleven twenty one. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. I think it's just another example of why. So this is a motivator. Why should we guard our house? Why should we guard ourselves? His possessions are undisturbed. Luke 17, 3, be on your guard. This is a command. Be on your guard. The Bible says it. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Psalms 39, 1, I said, I will guard my way. So this is the psalmist speaking, right? He says, I will guard my way. So he's saying, this is something I need to do, that I may not sin with my tongue. So guard your ways. So you may not sin with with your tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. So don't say things you shouldn't say in the presence of the wicked of, of yeah, of the wicked. Nehemiah 4 9. But we prayed to our God, and because of them we set up a guard against them day and night. So this was something they did. They did pray, so they went to God first, but then they set up a guard so they actually did this they decided that they made a plan and they set it up it's kind of a okay what should i do i'm going to guard against this they made a decision basically psalm 25 20 guard my soul and deliver me so this is actually asking god the psalmist is asking god so they went to prayer right guard my soul and deliver me do not let me be ashamed for for I take refuge in you. And then finally for this one part, again about guarding your heart. Psalms 121.8, The Lord will guard your going and your coming in from this time forth and forever. So God does the work. We just got to trust in Him. Okay. Now as you saw from some of these verses, the next step after guarding your heart is going to be very similar Guard, it says, fill your mind with God's truth. So we talk, We saw in these verses above that we would go to God, we would um, watch our mouth and our tongue. And how do we do that? Well, we need to fill our mind with God's truth. Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So if you're born again, your spirit's born again. Seek the things that are, that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So to guard your heart, 
and to change, to renew your mind, you need to guard your heart first so nothing comes in that shouldn't come in. Second, you need to set your mind on the things above. Fill your mind with those things daily, nightly. Um, Romans 8.5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So they, they set. What's the word set mean? Set means I decided that this is what I was going to think about. So that's what they're talking about. And then for uh, Philippians 4.8, I went over this earlier. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is what, lovely, whatever is commendable, this may be a different version. If there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about such things. So it's kind of a command there from Paul in Philippians saying, think about these things. Set your mind on these things. Make a decision to focus on these things. So that's step two. Step three is believe the truths and keep repeating them to ourselves. Maybe there's only, I think I only had three steps. But you could break this apart into two. Believe the truths and then keep repeating them. So Romans 5.1 says, Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are at peace with God. Therefore, what, what is it there for? Because if we have faith in Jesus, we are peace peace with Christ. So this is what we can do. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we believe that? And if we believe that, can we keep repeating that to ourselves? Yes, we can. In Christ, we are set free from accusation. This is Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Can you repeat it to yourself regularly? You feel condemned? Well, you're not. You feel like you are in trouble? Well, hey, you have peace with God. Here's Romans 8, 16 through 17. In Christ, we are children of God and heirs along with Jesus. What does that mean? Heirs. That means we take part in what Jesus takes part in. The Spirit himself bears witness and with our spirit... That we are children of God and have children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Romans 8, 16 through 8 through 17. Think about that. That is incredible. If we believe in these truths and all the other promises and truths, um, I think it's Mike Bickle talks about in John 13 through 17, God has several different promises that if you just believe in them and speak them back to God every day and you repeat them, then you will have peace in times of trouble. And I think that's amazing to think about. And it, it, So we need to go back in the Word and be in the Word. Yes, fill your mind with God's truth. First, we need to guard our hearts. Second, fill your mind with God's truth. Third, believe what you're reading and keep repeating it. And I know that sounds pretty simple, but we want to renew the mind. Why do we want to renew the mind? We want to renew the mind because that's what we control Remember, we control beliefs, thoughts, and actions. And as we control, as we read these things by guarding our heart and filling our mind, we'll begin to believe them. And then they will be in our mind. And then we will act upon them, right? That's what these verses were talking about. Is we will have peace and we'll have love and we'll have joy and we'll, we'll walk in that way. So with that said, how does this match up to remorse and repentance? Let me Talk about that real quick. As you become more like Christ, 
as you realize that your mind is broken and you need it renewed, you start realizing that you aren't there yet. And yes, that hurts. And yes, I don't want to acknowledge that I'm not there yet. But the reality is I need to let people know that or I need to let myself know that I am nothing when it comes to Christ. I am a little person. Read Job. Where were you, Job, when I created the heavens? I wasn't there. Think about how big this world is and how small we are. That doesn't mean we're not significant. We are. We're significant to God. But we mess up and we need to repent. We need to repent. That's part of renewing your mind. We need to connect with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and let our spirit be renewed. And then through our mind, we need to be renewed so we don't continue to hurt people. Because we will. We need to have remorse. I remember moments where I was just absolutely broken with what I had done. And it took faith, and it took, uh, it took faith and an act of, you know, I thank God to kind of, overcome my fear and just step forward and say i'm sorry i did this i'm you know i'm broken and it doesn't mean we waller in that but it says you know what can i do to get better well i can renew my mind and not do this again because my mind's renewed you renewing your mind will help with this i just felt i'm sorry that it kind of doesn't totally match with remorse and repentance but i think this is how we grow and we change and it kind of bleeds into the other uh parts of the process but we need to be broken and then we need to say god we need you and by needing god then we'll be willing to say hey renew my mind and we'll be willing to focus on him and see him and what he wants and we'll be willing to repent and have remorse and then with our partners with our wife our spouse we can come to them and go i'm truly not the person that I need to be for you, and I'm sorry, and I'm willing to change, and here's how I'm going to change. Now you have somewhat of a plan. So I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to walk this out today and every day moving forward. Continue to create a plan and a process. Start putting these puzzle pieces together to change and grow. And I just I just pray for each one of you that you will take this and you will work through it. And I I just thank you for listening because this is important stuff. This is good stuff. It will help you, and God wants you to hear it. So I thank you today for listening and and coming. And and so I'm going to end this this episode now. We'll come back probably in a week, maybe a little less or a little more, to the next episode. But for now, you can be working on this part and getting, getting it down day by day, feeling your mind guarding your heart, and and just continuing to believe the truths and promises of God and keep repeating them to yourselves. And then by doing that, you change. You decide to change. You decide to stop being dishonest and stop lying. So I just bless you all today, and I thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week.